0: Welcome to the Lads NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, with your hosts, Joel Bunkel and Cora B-Land. Welcome to the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast, your number one destination for NFL fantasy football news and analysis in Australia. I'm Joel Bunkle, coming to you from our Melbourne studio tonight with the one, the only, Coral and Coral, how are you tonight?
1: Doing well, mate. The streak continues. It feels, it's a
0: bit bittersweet here. We're getting towards the end of the season. Almost there. Almost there. I mean, that's it. That's, we're done now with the uh, regular season. We're into playoffs. Yeah, it's um, an exciting
1: time for some and not so exciting for others, but uh, I think at the end of this little intro,
0: uh, we'll have some interesting news for Neil. Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's definitely some jitters in our lead this week. Of, uh, here's an interesting stat from, uh, from this past week for us. Of the, uh, the top 10 scoring players of the week, we only started one of them. That was Deshaun Watson. Um, the other, the other nine didn't get a start. They were either benched or on the waivers, and we only had three of the top 15. Just shows
1: you how much can change in one season, right? And maybe these were players that would get a start on other weeks, but I think a few of them are
0: names that we haven't seen on the list yet. I felt like this season has been a lot more volatile. Do you, I feel like there's been a lot more change in positions. It's been able to, you know, rely less on on those guys who were workhorses in previous years. What do you think?
1: I think that's always the challenge in fantasy, right? You have these names that you know from the past, right? The longer you've been playing fantasy, sometimes the longer you stick to your guns. We've had some big names that have started to bow out, started to take lesser roles. Other new young guys stepping up and showing big players from last year, not living up to expectations.
0: You just never know. Absolutely. Um, So regular season done. Playoffs are upon us. Korob, who has made it? well congrats to ben myself mark and andy that is i believe the order top four that is the order
1: sequential order absolutely
0: um those are the top four teams in our league of record we have a very simple finals playoff system of uh two semi-finals and a grand final um or the super bowl if you like so our first round matchup of playoffs is ben versus andy and korob versus mark uh there's a lot of news that's come into this after this week of football, lots of injury concerns um, that are very relevant in our playoff run.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely be breaking those down a bit later in the episode. Uh, But last thing to bring up is uh, lucky last, our good boy Neil, his first year in the league. He's come up at the tail end. Um, Lucky for him, it'll be summertime when it comes draft for next year. So when he has to deal with the punishment of being wet during the draft... Uh, it might
0: not be that bad of a break for him. That's it. To, uh, just to refresh the memories of especially Neil, but also everyone else in the league of the punishment for coming last this year, was that you have to do your draft next year for this league completely wet. So you have to be in a bathtub, a pool, in the shower. Whatever you're doing your whole draft, you have to be wet. Now, Neil's lucky. He's moving back to Minneapolis. Yeah, it'll be midsummer at that point. Nice, warm, balmy temperatures. That's, uh, that's that's, you know, probably a good result for him. He's probably going to be in the pool anyway. Um, But, you know, we've got something big lined up for tonight, right?
1: Yeah, big episode in anticipation of the playoffs this week. We've got the news, the injuries, the Grinners and the Sinners, the wire, and we'll do an in-depth look at the playoff matchups for our league this week. So we'll see what selection dilemmas we've got. I think Mark might have a question for us again. Thanks, Mark. But first, the news.
0: Headlines and news.
1: All right, it's news time. We've got once again the three biggest fantasy headlines of the week, week 14 of the NFL season. And we'll be diving into, of course, your list of injuries that could be impacting teams heading into the playoffs and for the remainder of the fantasy season. So let's start us off. Uh, We've got a developing story. We've got a team that's on the rise, as I like to say the Tennessee Titans. Let's do a bit of a deep dive into them, um, but lots of good news coming out of Nashville. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has revived the team. I think that is something that at the beginning of this year you could not have guessed.
0: Not at all. Uh, that's, uh, that's been definitely one of the surprises of the season to see Mariota benched in, uh, in favor of Tannehill. Yeah, he made the move over from Miami, where a lot
1: of people would say he lacked confidence. But recently, that has not been something that he's been lacking. Um, The Titans have been on the move, and they've got a good string of wins. And there's been some interesting stats since he's taken over. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, one of the big ones is that only the Ravens have a higher rate of scoring per drive since he's taken over. That's That's incredible. That's incredible. So, as a quarterback, he's put up some massive numbers and definitely take some confidence to get that done. Um, but that leaves the Titans now with a record of eight and five. So this streak has put them equal with the Texans in the AFC South after the recent Texans loss, which those teams will actually play twice in the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, look, I think if you're a Texans fan, you're very disappointed there. Like it's uh, a very frustrating period for a lot of teams, but you know the Texans lost to the Broncos. Um, that was a that wasn't meant to be a win. You'd pencil you would have penned that one in for a win. Uh, they lose 34 to 28 at home, just after beating the Pats. I mean, they weren't even playing away, um, and you know they've levelled up. That the AFC South is now pretty much their are equal on top, and now they division rivals play twice in the next three weeks. And uh, you know I think the Titans are the ones carrying in all the confidence. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. This story is all about the Titans, uh, and that's why we're leading off with them. It'll be exciting to watch their finish to the season. So what's next? Exciting we'll go- to watch. I'll tell you about exciting to watch. Jameis Winston. He, he's uh, much loved. You've had him on your team for a fair chunk of the year. Um, I'm sure he's frustrated the hell out of you at some point. Uh, it's a very interesting start, but he's um, he could very well finish this season leading the league in interceptions which we probably expect. He's had uh, 23 interceptions on the year. Um, He's first by a long way. The second is Baker Mayfield, and he's got 16. Uh, So, hey, that's a fairly significant seven ahead. So he's probably going to win that. Um, But surprisingly, he's also got the second most amount of touchdowns on the year with 26, and he's only behind Lamar Jackson. who has got 28, so he's only two behind. So if he has a strong finish to the season and, you know, Lamar gets a rest then you have a situation where Jameis is finishing the year with the most TDs and the most interceptions. I don't think that would have happened before.
1: Yeah, famous for the right and wrong reasons. They call him Famous Jameis. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. He's definitely been a top fantasy quarterback the last couple of seasons. But I believe at the beginning of the year, we might have quoted that we thought Jameis might have been benched at some time this season. So it's been an exciting offense to watch. I'm sure if you're a Buccaneers fan, though, it wouldn't be that... Much of a fun ride for
0: you. Oh, man, you're on for the ride. It's up and down. It's all over the place. Um, And our last story, this is something close to my heart because I was at this game in New York when this happened. The black cat, the curse has struck ever since that point in time. Um, It's a fairly significant... I mean, it's not significant at all, but it's, it's a very quirk of the nature of NFL. Since that black cat ran onto the game between the Cowboys and the Giants, since that point in time... Uh, all the Cats teams in the NFL, so you're talking about the Panthers, the Jags, the Lions, the Bengals, their record has been one win, 19 losses. Well, the Black Cat
1: stereotype, it's always fun to find interesting stories that align with that, I guess, gimmick. But um, I don't know. I think that's a really odd pattern to find, right? Definitely a strange headline for to finish off our segment. But I don't know. I think it's actually exciting so I mean what the Panthers fired their coach gone and basically haven't won a game um the Jags benched their 88 million million dollar quarterback in Joe Flacco to bring Gardner Minshew back uh the Lions have had two QBs injured so they're now sitting on their third string and then the Bengals have gone one and
0: four of those four teams the Bengals are the one that won the game
1: and that's their only win of the season right go figure but anyways, I think that's an interesting way to wrap things up. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into the injuries. So a few scary things to go along with that black cat curse for a few owners, particularly in our league. Um, you want to start off
0: with uh, the top of the list? Miguel? Yeah, so we've uh, we've prioritized here our playoff relevant injuries, obviously to uh, Mark, Ben, uh, Andy and yourself, Korob. So uh, right at the top here, massive one this week, Calvin Ridley. Wide receiver's been a very volatile position this year. He's had an abdomen injury, and he announced on Instagram himself he's done for the season. Um, That's a massive blow to Mark's team.
1: It's a tough break. Calvin Ridley's been a pretty top-scoring wide receiver, especially in years of late. Tough blow for Mark, who's not already a little bit thin at the wide receiver position.
0: Absolutely. Uh, A couple of uh, concerns for Ben. Only minor, I think, though. Lamar Jackson did... A little bit of a quad injury though, he's saying he's day to day, but he's probably going to play through that one. Uh, Devontae Parker, after having just got himself into some good form, copped a concussion on the weekend. He's day to day to come out of the protocol. Uh, Another one for Mark with Josh Jacobs, he missed, he was inactive on the weekend uh, with that shoulder injury. He's got an MRI scheduled this week, so no doubt Mark will be following his progress quite closely. And uh, a minor one for you, Corb, which uh, you haven't started, Jameis, speaking of the man. Uh, He had a bit of a minor fracture in his hand. Um, They're saying he will play, but who knows what that looks like. Are they going to go to the running game a bit more? We don't know. Um, So a little bit of a risk in there. Um, And, yeah, look, there's a whole lot of other injuries that came out of it, uh, out of the week. What have you got there, Korob?
1: Yeah, so others that aren't directly impacting our playoff teams... Is Mark Andrews with a minor knee injury, but not too serious. Tight end there for Baltimore. Mike Evans, wide receiver for the Buccaneers, has a hamstring. He's likely done for the season. Rashad Penny also had a knee injury, and he's out for the season. That's a tough blow for him after Chris Carson.
0: Um, He had been stepping in for him, getting a lot of the touches there in Seattle. That's also a solid boost there for, uh, for Ben's team because Rashad Penny looked like he was going to be taking over some of those carries uh, from Carson, um, but no longer. True, an indirect positive impact for Ben's team. This next one's pretty sad.
1: Yeah, Darius Geis, a guy who's been a prominent storyline for us throughout the podcast. He's come through multiple injuries and recoveries this season, but it's looking like he's also hurt his knee once again and he is likely done for the season.
0: Yeah, coach said it did not look good, um, not ideal. Um, another one we've got there is Jared Cook with a, uh, a bit of a head injury, probably a concussion in there. Um, scored twice very quickly for the Saints uh, in the opening quarter and then just didn't come back on the field. He was in for a monster day, especially in that high scoring shootout. Um, so he's still day to day, hopefully he comes good. Um, Pat Mahomes came out with a a little bit of a right hand injury. He's having some x-rays this week. They're not saying that's serious. It's just a little bit of discomfort. Very much a not ideal type situation. And um, DJ Chark also had a little bit of an ankle injury, came off the ground as well. That's a
1: pretty long list. Definitely adds a few names for people to be looking out for as this week continues. But um, some of our existing injuries and potentially returning players. Again, a few guys that could have some impact on our playoff race. Mark with James Conner, who's been out with the shoulder, is expected to return this week. That could add a nice
0: boost to his running back point total. I don't know if that's a boost or that's um, that's just a spanner in the works at this stage with right. James Conner. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I think the
1: replacement there in Pittsburgh has, has done a decent job. Uh, another one, Ben with AJ Green. He's been injured, but he's not looking likely, likely to return. And then, and then myself um, with Adam Thielen, wide receiver in Minnesota. He's been out with a hamstring that has just lingered week and week and week. Um, we'll see. He's still questionable. Wouldn't be surprised if he sat out again, especially if the Vikings are, are playoff bound.
0: All right. So, Korob, uh, should, um, should we have a look at some of the players that we didn't play in our league this week?
1: Let's do it. Time for Grinners and Sinners. <laughs> Grinners and Sinners.
0: All right, Grinners and Sinners, let's have a look at our top few players from this week. The first one, Carb, I had on my bench. I had benched him and, uh, yeah, a bit depressed about that. Potentially could have won the matchup otherwise.
1: Yeah, I could have ended the season on a bang, but um, Drew Brees was our top scorer of the week with 40 points. In a massive game between San Francisco and New Orleans that turned into a big-time shootout, um, so a lot of touchdowns being thrown, a lot of big gains, huge plays. Drew Brees being the major benefactor of those. Uh, another quarterback, second on the list, a guy who I kept on my bench. Again, the the trend continues. Jameis Winston, guy we mentioned before. I think he threw four touchdowns. He's been a touchdown-throwing machine, only second to Lamar Jackson, as we mentioned. Thirty-seven points pretty awesome total for him
0: kind of makes sense really like they just can't get their running game going at Tampa like the the committee between uh, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones just doesn't seem to be working out for them they're kind of getting a little bit of a split share every week but uh, it's definitely the throw for him
1: Yeah, the pairing with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is probably one of the best wide receiver duos in the league as well. So those guys are are making space, giving Jameis all the
0: options. And a big blow now that Evans is done for the season.
1: Yeah, too bad. Too bad. But hey, I've got Godwin on my team, so I'll be hoping to bank on that. That's for sure. Um, Another quarterback. It's been a quarterback heavy week to start the top of the list. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, one that many would not have seen coming. He's had a bit of a roller coaster season, and that Bears offense hasn't been exactly high-powered, but 33 points. He's had a good
0: run of form recently. He's like uh, definitely watching his games. He's playing a bit different. He's using his legs a bit more, getting outside the pocket, getting a bit of run in there, and really helping move the team forward. So I think that's what they're, they would have been expecting from him from the start. For some reason, he hasn't had the opportunity to do that yet. Yeah, he's one of those young quarterbacks that a lot of people had high hopes
1: for. He was drafted really early in his draft year over a lot of big names who have found some success.
0: So maybe he's starting to um, catch catch up. I mean, it's always, uh, you know, when you have these highly drafted quarterbacks, you like to, you know, hopefully they fit into the offense that they've been drafted into. Sometimes it takes a bit of time for the the OC and the head coach to to work uh, you know, a game plan around their strengths and maybe that's just what we're starting to see in Chicago now.
1: Highly possible. He was on the waivers so um, a guy that would have been nice to add to your list but not many would have chosen to start I would doubt. Uh, 31 points is next on our list for AJ Brown, wide receiver at Tennessee. That Tennessee offense is powering on as we mentioned before. He was also on the waivers. Then we have Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver for San Francisco with 30 points, taking advantage of that shootout against the Saints. And then Deshaun Watson, the only player who was actually started in our top 10 list, with 30 points. Another strong performance for him, despite their team's loss in that game. And then to round off our list, Austin Eckler, who was on the bench for Chippy, had 29 points. I started him in my other league. That was a great result, even though I had the bye in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think the Melvin Gordon situation there has certainly created some uncertainty around selection so um, Mm. uh, it's an interesting one I mean I think in the right matchup you got to play him right? Yeah you know Melvin didn't have a bad week either he had about 14 points
1: for me average but Eckler somehow still managing to star in in this split backfield in San Diego.
0: Gets a lot of the catches out of the back as well has a good pass catching ability too right?
1: Yeah totally let's move on to the centers list so we have a pretty short one for you but one guy who's been on it the last few weeks with only four points, Alvin Kamara. Ooh. You wouldn't expect that, right? We're naming these players on the Grinners list who have benefited from that shootout game, yet somehow Alvin Kamara, week after week, the last few weeks, has been on our sinners list. What's going on with
0: him? What's the deal? Yeah, mean it's interesting. I mean, it's a bit of an air-raid offense with New Orleans, as it is. And then even Latavius Murray's in there for a fair chunk of work. I would hazard a guess and say he's definitely outstated Alvin Kamara this week. And... Um, Maybe he's been a bit more effective as well maybe he's not fully healthy kamara um i don't know
1: it just doesn't seem right after coming off a massive season last season um, mm. he did have that injury
0: midway in another disappointing player this week would have been the return of austin hooper tight end at the falcons who's been probably one of the best tight ends for the year and he only had 4.2 points uh you could probably put that down to atlanta first game back um, and another guy who um, I mean didn't have a terrible week. Leonard Fournette, seven point eight. Um, but these first three players, all on Eric's team, and essentially is what's cost him a playoff run here. Um, having three busts essentially on the week, no one going boom. Um, it's a shame. Fournette's been pretty solid the back end of the year. Um, really hit some good form. Has been a great quality running back, huge volume, and it's just a shame for uh, Eric here that he's just had a bit of a bust week.
1: Absolutely. Um, looks like we've got a few more to round off the list, starting with Greg Zerline. <laughs> he's the kicker.
0: Yeah, you don't usually put what kickers the kicker? on the list. <laughs> you don't usually put kickers on the list. But, uh, you know, for him, he's, uh, he's usually a 9 to 15 point kicker every week to put four points up. Uh, would have been disappointing for him. Um, you always kind of bank a little bit that. I mean, I know in our draft, he's taken a bit earlier. He's one of those elite kickers um, that people just tend to love.
1: You know, it must be that the Rams just didn't kick any field goals this week. That's It that is an odd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, Tevin Coleman, only 0.6 points. I think that's an interesting one, but it's basically turned into the Raheem Mostert show in San Fran.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw you picked him up off the waiver wire last week after we spoke about it. Um, makes sense. I think we had a really good discussion of, like, you either pick up Mostert, you could be picking up a starting RB1 for the rest of the year. I think that's what you've got there. I think the Tevin Coleman show is done and dusted. Mostert's last three weeks have looked at 23.9, 22.4, and 13.2. That's solid. That's RB1 material. Um, I'd be saying you'd be starting him this week. Yeah, hopefully. I think
1: he could at least make my flex position. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Who forgot got to round off the bottom of the list?
0: Uh, Vance McDonald, uh, 0.8 points. Is, uh, really. Str- I mean, the, I think for me, the, the biggest takeaway out of this fantasy season is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are no longer to be relied on in any form, way, shape, whatever you like. There is just uh, there's no point in having anyone except their defense on your fantasy team. Yeah, it worked out well for me this week. I think they had 18 points. And the last one we've got on the list is Devontae Adams, uh, 6.1 for the week. Uh, Mark will be wanting a bit more out of Devonte for uh, the first playoff round.
1: Yeah, definitely. It'll be an interesting split impression for me as in my other league I have Devontae. So I'll want it, be wanting him to do well, but also not too well to put
0: me out of, of ah, the playoffs. The old, uh, the old double fantasy curse, I hate that too. Uh, always tend to have it. Um, so there it is. Those are the Grinners. Those are the Sinners. Uh, we're going to flip things around and we're going to have a look at the waiver wire first. We're going to talk about who's there and then we're going to have a look at some of the situm em stardom. So, uh, let's have a look at some of the hottest prospects on the waiver wire this week.
1: The wire. All right. Time for an interesting segment of the wire. The competition amongst teams will likely be diminishing. I mean, there's a few concession rounds, you know, people might still be looking to get a few last second victories if they're not in the playoffs. Maybe some people are looking to ruin seasons and they'll just try to pick up some of these guys off the wire. But um, just for everyone listening, you know, this is our 10 team, half PPR league. So we're going to have a nice mix of wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends, kickers, and defenses. That's right. Through. This
0: week we even have kickers for you on the waiver segment.
1: It's gonna make the difference. Um, I think it's something that you need to be thinking optimizing at every, every position. Uh, the playoffs, it's winner go home. Let's make it happen.
0: So um, who should we be looking at grabbing, Joel? We'll start off with the QBs. The QBs, I think the two best prospects on the wire at the moment, are Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill. Um, they've both got pretty good matchups in the next week, especially uh, Garoppolo's got a great one against Atlanta. Uh, this week coming up. So he's like a great reach if uh, if you're not confident at the starting position. And then uh, Tannehill's got uh, Houston and New Orleans and we, uh, we know those games can end up in shootouts.
1: <laughs> true, true. I'm on the uh, Tannehill train for sure. He's a guy who I'm actually going to be eyeing down. Um, just because I'm a big believer that offense has proven itself the last few weeks. He's looking confident and that two-team lineup to finish the season is looking great in terms of passing defenses and Tannehill's looking like he'll be able to exploit those, at least if it goes the way it has in the last few weeks.
0: Absolutely. Um, The great thing about Tannehill's last... I mean, he had 28 and a half points this week. He faced a tough Indianapolis uh, defense the week before, put up 14. Uh, But the week before against Jacksonville, 32. Like, he's put up against some... The weaker defenses, he plays well. Mm. And, like, he's got... For a quarterback, the dream run home. Um, Houston, New Orleans, really, like they're both the sixth and the 10th best defenses to be playing against. Um, so he's a, he's a good chance to go big. And, you know, they, they put up 42 points on the board this week against Oakland, and they were the fifth. So some good scoring potential there. Absolutely.
1: And if you're like me and you've kind of scratched your way into the playoffs with some mediocre quarterback performances, might as well stream a guy like Tannehill. Maybe even keep him for that
0: championship game too. Why I like uh, Garoppolo? I think if you're, you're going to be in the Tannehill camp, yep. I'm going to sit in the Garoppolo camp this week. Um, now you look at his stats, and it's a little bit more of a roller coaster ride. Um, but this week, and he's he's not necessarily going to be a play in the last week. But if you're looking for a one week, this first week of playoff gap filler. Uh, then I think Garoppolo as you go he's playing Atlanta that's the third best defense to play and like if I if I look at he's passed uh, he's passed three games against you know the, the top 10 defenses to play it was New Orleans this week with 29 points it was Arizona uh, with 31 points and it was Arizona again with 28 points so they are like some high 20s into early 30s kind of uh, action there and I think uh, you'd like to think you're going to get the same from him out of this week for for Atlanta.
1: A lot of people are saying that after this last game against New Orleans, that this was a defining game for Garoppolo and his career so far in San Francisco. I mean, they're looking like a team that's going to turn into somewhat of a dynasty. They're going to have lots of good years ahead of them, but um, he's he's been flashing his stuff lately. So yeah, either either guy, I think they're both great options. Nice yeah. to have here in the end of the season.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll break down if any one of our uh, two matchups is in need of a QB. But uh, what about the running backs, car What you got?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting situations. We've got two guys, Patrick Laird and Adrian Peterson. Must be thin. It is a little bit thin. I think Adrian Peterson, if I had to pick the two, is likely the brightest option. Um, with Darius Geis' injury, Adrian will step right back in and take a lot of the carries that he was holding the midpoint of the season, and he put off some good point totals. He's at the end of his career, but he has proven that he is still a workhorse back, and he can definitely get you above 10 points each week, that's for sure. And he's going up against a couple defenses that aren't necessarily amazing against the run, um, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. So how about Patrick Laird? That's an interesting one. I mean, Adrian, I feel, is, is a bit of a no-brainer. The list is thin, but Patrick Laird, I've, I've seen his name come up. What do you know about him, Joel?
0: Yeah, I mean, Miami. So, I mean, they've the, the good thing that you would say about Patrick Laird and Miami is that they have had no run game the whole season. And, and now Cullen Bellage is out. Um, this is the next best, and he's their only guy. And it's not great, I'll admit it, but, like, if you are... Struggling, then you've got to think about like he's getting a workload. You know, he's gone fourteen point eight, ten point six, getting you know ten now fifteen carries. So like, there's a bit of workload there. And I think what's really appealing is is probably the the matchups to come. The last two is you know the Giants and you know the Bengals. The Bengals one of the worst teams against the uh, against the run. Um, If you're in uh, desperation mode for RB, I think that's where you're looking. I mean, this is kind of where, at the start of the season, we expected RB to be thin, um, but we've been talking about tight end all year, and then even receiver in the back half of the season. Uh, But RB is truly back to being thin right now.
1: Yeah, you hope if you've made it to the playoffs that... You've managed to stash away a few high-powered running backs, but if you're in a team that is looking for some pickups, I think both of these guys are, are your options to choose from. But we'll dive into that analysis a bit later on with the matchups. So
0: um, next on the list is wide receiver. There are some, uh, there are still some great options here at wide receiver. And again, like I think last week we spoke about, um, you know, owners just falling in love with guys who are sitting on their bench and doing sweet FA. And it is time now to ditch these. If you're not going to put these guys into your lineup and play them, then get rid of them and take a shot at like a boom or bust guy. Um, One guy that we have, I think we have spoken about once or twice throughout the year, but has gone a bit under the radar. And in terms of like an underrated receiver, I don't think it gets any better than Debo Samuel from San Francisco. His last five weeks have been fairly solid. And when I say fairly solid, it's 15.2, 17.4, 12.0. Thirteen point one, thirteen point four. I mean, how underrated can you get? He's got Atlanta up next.
1: True. The conversation in San Francisco has been around the running back situation, which has been entertaining to watch. But yeah, Devo's kind of slipped in there behind Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he's come away with enough points to be noticeable, at least as as we look back in hindsight, but not enough. To play above the radar,
0: um. I think when you're heading into playoffs, there's a lot of different strategies you can take with your lineup, and you know one of the common ones out there is that you know in each position, whether it's running back or wide receiver, is that you play you know one one sure thing that is going to give you a good base amount of points between ten and fifteen. It's not going to bust. They're not going to give you thirty points, but at the very least, you've got something solid to work with, and then your other one is like the boom or bust type option where if they get 30 you win the week if they get two well you probably lost
1: I think this list Devo definitely being towards the top in terms of wide receiver options um, but this list is going to smell really good for Mark especially after that Calvin Ridley injury
0: hundred percent the next one we got on the list there is and we've been talking about this guy for weeks now Cole Beasley from Buffalo Three games with three TDs, one game in each, obviously one TD in each game. So 16.6, 20 points, 12.9. Um, another one of these safer options that has a pretty good floor. You know, somebody just go out and grab the little white guy
1: from Buffalo. Can let's, someone grab him? Let's, let's make it happen, just to say that he got some love at least. But hey, like you were saying, if you're looking for a secure option, he's been getting the attention. He's been getting the catches, and now he's got three straight touchdowns. So seems to be a favorite option for Josh Allen, especially in the red zone, so keep an eye on Cole
0: Beasley, that's for sure. So those are your two safe options, I think. And if you're going for boom or bust, who are you going for, Corrup?
1: Well, our last guy is Darius Slayton, who has had some really big weeks, as we said. Lots of boom weeks, where he's made it on our list of guys that need to be picked up, and then all of a sudden, he might drop off. But
0: he's got a decent matchup this week, going after Miami. Those those scores, those boom scores, always come against poor defenses as well. Um, so you know he had Philly, they're very poor against the wideout, 29 points. He had the Jets a month ago with 29.1 points. Detroit with 18 points. Those are the last three games against you know the best you know defenses to play for receivers. Miami, the fourth best, pretty similar to Philly. Um, he could be a, he could be a big option this week. He could be the difference maker
1: for a team, I think. Yeah. Especially if he keeps up that, that pattern of going up against the tough defenses. Maybe they've got one quarterback that they'll throw over at Sterling Shepard. Darius
0: Slayton is the option. The interesting thing about that, too, is that obviously Eli started today um, with Daniel Jones out injured. And it didn't change. They, um, they've never played a game together. Um, earlier in the season when Eli was playing, Slayton wasn't in the team, and yet still found him twice today for touchdowns. That
1: is a good point to bring up though,
0: you know, that chemistry
1: usually is a big factor. Not sure if it would make, be the difference maker either way, we've told you this one's a gamble, but who knows, who's, who's going to be willing to raise their hand and, and throw the dice.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's the time of year, you've uh, you got to play for keeps here. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Okay, fourth of our position list is the tight end. It's been a big one throughout the season. But we've got a, tuple, a couple guys, one of them being one who had another great week after we called him out last week. Who it is was, he,
0: Carl? Tell <laughs> him.
1: Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, Yes, for the Rams. Um, he had an, a blowout, or I guess a breakout game, as you would say, last week with 20 points. But 15 this week to back that up. So two hundred 100-yard games back-to-back. He's looking like he's going to be a favorite option in LA.
0: I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all with the Rams, you know, receiving Mm -hmm. offensive power, but um, and plus Gurley on the ground, but you know, it's working for him at the moment. It's been
1: a strange season for the Rams. Um, They haven't been as successful as some people might have projected. So they're mixing things up, and
0: Tyler Higby is one of those mix-ups. Mm-hmm. Um. Now the other one we have spoken about before is Noah Fant at Denver, and and Denver having a somewhat decent run in the last few weeks. And uh, you know he put up nineteen point three points this week. Uh, he's got KC coming up in the in the round ahead. Um, you know traditionally KC don't mind a bit of a shootout. They've been a little bit more conservative in recent times, as uh, you Cora pointed out last week. Um, probably trying to give a a bit of the the defense arrest, as I think as you suggested, which has uh, probably seen some of KC's fortunes start to turn around a bit because of that. Um, but still probably a relevant play.
1: Yeah, if you're thin at tight end, if you've had any injuries recently, or if you're willing to just roll the
0: dice on a guy who could back up his point total, hey, it worked last week for Tyler Higbee, so. And uh, the KC is a good defense to be playing at tight end as well, you know, they're the fifth best defense to play against there. So, um, you know, potentially, uh, if you can't get Higby, then fan's a good backup option for you. Not as long as our tight end list last week. Boom. Um, Some well, snapped up, though, right? Yeah, definitely
1: people were listening. So, a, a good result. Uh, next is the Kickers. So,
0: we've included Kickers this week. What's going on, Ooh, Joel? Ooh, Kickers. <laughs> it's, it's crunch time. You've got to put every position in here. We, uh, the first one, I know he's, uh, he's a favorite of yours. Just love the name. Wei Koo in the kicker at Atlanta. Something funny about the two kickers that we've got on the list tonight. They're both from poor teams, and to a certain degree, it kind of makes sense. These teams can't score touchdowns, and they're having to settle for field goals uh, for a lot of the game. Yeah. Now Youngway Koo from Atlanta. His last five weeks have been very solid: 15, 11, 11, 8, 18 this week. Um, you know they've got San Francisco this week. They're not going to do a lot of touchdown scoring. Yeah, I think that would make sense. I think he's going to have quite a few opportunities
1: um, to get in there. Both of these guys are names that we haven't heard of or I haven't heard of much in the past. So These are young kickers that have stepped into openings on these two down-and-out teams. So, yeah, an interesting uh, pickup there.
0: I'm going to call this leg out. I think the kicker position is... Uh is much abandoned and doesn't get a lot of attention and, and has potentially cost people games this year. I mean, I remember even a couple of years ago before Greg Zerloin got big, I picked him up halfway through the season off the waiver and he turned into the best kicker of the year. And like he was ranked so, so people could see it, but people are not paying attention to the kicking scenario, the kicking position here, and we need to, we need to up our game. Tell him, Joel. Get it, those kickers. Damn right. You,
1: who's the other kicker on the list? You tell me. Jason Sanders. Um, now, he's with Miami. We, we haven't had many great things to say about Miami. But another team whose offense has floundered. And therefore, the, the kickers have opportunities. So this guy's had some amazing point totals the last couple of weeks. 13 points and 24 points. 24 points for a kicker.
0: Whew, that's I,
1: huge. You don't see them breaking into the 20s too often. So, um, hey, if, if they can keep the ball moving down the field, but unable to capitalize in the red zone... A couple of these kickers are going to be perhaps some keys to your fantasy
0: success. Absolutely, and you know, Sanders there for Miami. Miami's got the Giants and Cincinnati to finish, so that's the fifth and the seventh best offense for kickers to play against. I don't really know if that means much, to be honest. But uh, needless to say, there'll be opportunities in their half of the field. So whether the Dolphins can capitalize on those and get touchdowns, or whether they're going to uh, falter and have to settle for field goals.
1: All right, that's enough of the kickers. Enough of the kickers. Never enough of the kickers. (laughs) Let's move on to the defenses. Uh, Those have gotten a couple mentions in this episode already, um, but they definitely do make a difference. Um, We've got two pretty big defenses on teams that have started to see some success and others that have fallen a little bit in the last couple weeks, but uh, the Titans and the Seahawks, Mm. two defenses that are up for grabs at least in our league um, that are worth taking a look at. Tell us why.
0: Uh, The Titans have had really like a couple of solid weeks. I mean, they're usually, they're a good bet. Obviously, they're playing better on offense. And so they're scoring, putting pressure onto the other team. Um, But traditionally, the Titans have been quite a low-scoring team. But now they've started to like up it. Their last two defensive games have been 20 points, 10 points. You'll take double digits out of your defense every day of the week. Uh, They've got Houston coming up. And Houston looks shaky, you know. Um, especially after that Denver loss it's going to be hard to know whether they're going to be coming out firing or not uh, we know that Deshaun Watson gets sacked so it's not always about uh, you know, preventing points it's about what their defence is doing to impact the game um, so sacks and in the last two weeks the Titans have had you know, a recovered fumble touchdown in both of those weeks so that is a defence that is raring to go energised, has momentum
1: yeah, when you're, when you're doing this, it is about holding teams to low point totals, but the big point getter are those turnovers. Um, Seattle is looking like they've got an interesting run to finish off the season against Carolina and Arizona, two young quarterbacks. You've got Kyle Allen, and then you have Kyler Murray at Arizona. Kyler Murray, you know, he's been a good point total quarterback. He's been impressive in his first year, but he is young, and he does have a decent number of interceptions and fumbles on the season. Plus, the running back situation in Arizona hasn't looked great. They've given up a few turnovers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the Seattle defense. You know, they were known for their defense once. I think they've still got a few legacy guys on that team that, that have done well for them. And it's a, they're a big reason why the Seattle team has had such a great record to run the 2019 season. But, um, yeah, I think defenses are something you, you need to be gambling on. You need to be
0: streaming. These are two teams to keep your eye on. Yeah, look, I think um, the Titans are definitely your pick there. But obviously they come off, so you might need a second preference. One of the reasons I like Seattle, um, especially against Arizona, like you say, two young quarterbacks there. Um, Kyler Murray is the most sacked quarterback. He's overtaken Deshaun Watson. Huh. He's been sacked 46 times this season, which is huge.
1: That's probably the strongest stat to be watching. Turnovers can happen at random, but offensive lines aren't going to change overnight Uh, and those sack numbers are only going to keep
0: continuing on that trend that's a great point to make 100 well i think that wraps us up for what's on the waiver this week so why don't we get into our matchups of the week the two playoff games let's have a look at ben versus andy and korob versus mark the trading block all right, obviously not the trading block, but we haven't re recorded the voiceovers, so we're going to stick with this thing for now. Um, it's time to get into Sidham and Stardham. We've got the two semi final matchups this week Ben versus Andy, Corrib versus Mark. We're going to start with Ben versus Andy. Let's have a look at Ben's team, Corrib. Why don't you just give us a readout of who's on the team?
1: Well, you know, a team at the beginning of the year that I found pretty intimidating, but I'm going to go ahead and call it now. He's had a rough run to finish the season. A few guys that are starting to falter towards the end of the year, but let's run through it. Lamar Jackson at quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Parker at wide receiver. At running back, Chris Carson and Nick Chubb. Hunter Henry at tight end, and Flex with Todd Gurley. And then off the bench, he's got Madison, Singletary, Lockett, Eckler, and Green at injured reserve. Justin Tucker at the kicker position. And interestingly, he's got three defenses. Hoarding (laughs) them! Hey, you know, decent defenses, actually. Um, He's definitely taken that advice of keep your defense strong and have options. Um, Just wouldn't expect it to be three on your bench or two on the bench.
0: Um, he's probably got a decent matchup with, uh, well, you'd think so, with Philadelphia playing Washington this week. But considering they just put up three points against the Giants, I don't know how confident you feel about that. Um, but let's start from the top. Let's have a look at the QB. You're not going to be changing Lamar Jackson. There is that injury uh, cloud over the, uh, the quad, though.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if he pulled in a safety pick, perhaps from those two QBs you mentioned, Tannehill and Jimmy G., I uh, wouldn't be surprised, but uh, you know, it's, it's looking like Lamar is definitely going to play. There's no reason why he wouldn't, unless some news about
0: that quad injury turns bad. Um, do you, do you, could you foresee a, a circumstance where, if uh, with Baltimore getting up on top early, maybe putting a big lead on the Jets, that in the uh, the second half that he could be benched?
1: It's happened before. Uh, he's set out the end of games. Even recently, so...
0: These teams just don't take fantasy seasons into account, do they?
1: No, they don't, especially not the playoffs. That would be a tough run. But I I don't know. Lamar's been the top guy. He's been the most impressive player of anyone this season. You go with him no matter what.
0: Oh, 100%. If he's on the field, you're going with him.
1: Yeah, we can't even question him.
0: Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a lock at wide receiver. Um, The other wide receiver position, though, I think is kind of a little bit up for grabs.
1: Yeah, Devonte Parker. We know he had that concussion uh, in the last week, so he's day to today. But assuming he makes it back, even um, he's still, you know, a mid-tier wide receiver. There may be some guys on the waivers who he could pull in, who could make a difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially given some of the, the those three options that we suggested this round, is that there is a bit of if there's depth anywhere with a bit of a boom option, then I think it's you know you've got the Debo Samuel, the Cole Beasley or, like, the real boom-bust option of Darius Slayton there um, to work with.
1: Next, we've got Chris Carson at running back. That's an interesting one, but as we mentioned earlier, Rashad Penny's exit and likely season-ending injury means that Chris Carson's role is likely going to boost back up.
0: It's a lock. I mean, and playing against Carolina, who are they... uh, The best defense to play for running backs, so um, there's no doubt he's in the team this week.
1: That's really fortunate for Ben, Um, the running back position. Both of these guys, Carson and the next guy on the list, Nick Chubb, have both seen their carries be impacted by running backs coming in mid to late season. In Cleveland, we've had Kareem Hunt step in and start to be a pretty consistent back, taking some carries and some points from Chubb. So yeah, that's great news that Chris Carson is going to likely see a a boost in his carries. Um, At tight end, you've got Hunter Henry, who's been an interesting option, but playing on a Chargers team that hasn't been able to make the passing game click. They've had some really tough games recently, um, but he's a player who had a a really good success early in his career um, and has put together a few mediocre games of late I think last week against Jacksonville, he had 11 points, which is you know pretty solid for the tight end position. What you'd be looking for, and to finish off the season, he's got Minnesota this week and Oakland next week.
0: So that's not bad. Minnesota is a mid-range defense, and Oakland is uh, you know the sixth best defense for uh, tight ends to play against. I mean, Hunter Henry really had like a bit of a golden patch in the middle of the season for consistency, kind of between round six and 11, where he played. You know, six of the best defenses in a row um, Was getting between seven and 12 targets every game And the reality is after the buy-in round 12 You know, he's had three uh, He's had a a mid-tier, a hard defense And now he's got another mid-tier I don't think you're expecting a boom week out of him When you've got Eckler catching him out of the backfield Marvin Gordon doing his thing as well Um, He's a safe play I mean, I don't think you would be starting, unless you were gonna take the risk with a Tyler Higbee, I think you'd be playing Hunter Henry, um, definitely, definitely in the last round. And if you're feeling like you wanted to be a little bit lucky and you're feeling confident with your team, uh, as we know Chippy is, then um, maybe Chippy would look at someone like a Tyler Higbee, but I think with the way his uh, team is and where his needs are, they're probably more uh, needed in defense. And not enough of an itch there for him to need to scratch it, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then last at the
1: flex position, he's got Todd Gurley, who of late has seen a bit of a resurgence in his point totals. Three of the last four weeks have been 18 points or more. Last week against Seattle, a pretty decent run defense, uh, he had 19 points for a solid win with the Rams.
0: Yeah, he's definitely seeing a lot more carries. He got twenty-three carries that game, nineteen carries the week before. You know, earlier in the season, he was you know getting fourteen, fifteen. So he's seen a definite, you know, uploading and work, and he, and he still could have had a better game because Malcolm Brown got a touchdown on the weekend against Seattle as well. So um, if he stays on the field, he's uh, definitely picked up in the back half of the season a little bit.
1: Well, he's got Dallas this week, so you know it's it's interesting. It depends on which defense shows up for that team and how well the Rams decide to play. They've been an off-and-on team throughout the season. Mm. Of late, they're definitely the people to go with if they come off a, a good win against Seattle.
0: That's definitely a mid-tier defense to be playing. He's got San Francisco in the last round, so uh, that's gonna be a selection dilemma. I don't know if i will be picking Gurley against San Fran. Well, you know, if there are any replacement
1: options for Gurley, it might be Eckler, but his matchup against Minnesota tells me that is gonna be the better option.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think if you look at his bench, uh, he's got some tough matchups this week for those bench players. You're not going to be playing Alexander Madison. That was obviously a cuff pick for uh, Delvin Cook, um, but Delvin Cook is uh, he's fine. He was uh, had a bit of a, an injury worry there, but he obviously played for for my team on the weekend and is uh, still there. Uh, Singletary has been pretty decent recently. Um, but he's up against a pretty tough defense in Pittsburgh this week and New England to finish the year, so um, could be coming. I don't know. It's hard to, hard to predict where that's going to be. Tyler Lockett is the interesting one that's sitting on his bench for mine.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the wide receiver option there with Devontae Parker, if, if there was a guy that you might swap in, it would be Tyler Lockett. He's had a bad run recently. You know, I think he's been losing some target share to DK Metcalf. And Seattle has struggled the last couple of weeks.
0: I think what's really struggling in, uh, in Seattle at the moment is that uh, the pass protection for Russell Wilson is just not up to scratch. And, um, you know, I've caught it, and I'm going to stick by it, that Seattle, uh, a great shot to be the Super Bowl matchup against the, the Ravens for mine. Um, but if they get behind in a game... They're no good at catching up. The pass protection is not good enough for Russell to be throwing them down the field trying to, to land dimes. And, um, you know, the last play of the game for essentially for Seattle was a pretty poor pick from Russell Wilson on a, essentially a Hail Mary pass down the ground. So uh, that is a concern for Seattle. Um, if they're behind, they're not great at catching up. And Tyler Lockett has just been struggling. Like, you know, he's had a, he's had a couple of real dud games and I've, I've got him in one of my other, my other leagues, which is full PPR, And uh, DK Metcalf is the much better play, Um, just consistently catches and and gets volume, Um, whereas we've seen single digits and even a donut for Lockett in the past month, so uh, a little bit of a concern. Uh, What about Andy's team? Let's take a look. There's a lot to consider on Andy's team, this is definitely the the less of the locked one, and I know that he's probably not going to be happy with my advice from last week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe a few tough calls, quickly run through the list. At quarterback at the moment, he has Kirk Cousins, wide receiver Michael Thomas, and Alan Robinson. At running back, Mark Ingram and LaShawn McCoy. At tight end, Mike Gesicki. Oh, hey, look. He's in a lineup. How oh, nice. And then at flex, he's got Julio Jones. That seems like a pretty solid starting lineup. At the bench, he's got Duke Johnson at running back. Jason Witten at tight end. Aaron Jones at running back. Jamal Williams at running back also for the Packers. And then a Packers wide receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick from Miami on the bench. At kicker, Greg Zerling, guy who we mentioned earlier. And then defense, New England, seems to be a no-brainer. some interesting ones right off the bat. Um, Aaron Jones, a guy who he sat last week, might be one worth starting this week.
0: Yeah, I would say that he's probably gonna come Into the team after the last week and blowing up uh, with 28 points. Um, I mean, that's what you're going to get with Aaron Jones. It's boom or bust. You can pick your week. Um, You know, Lashawn McCoy obviously was a dud. You had that. uh, You had the bet last week. We had the bet. You took uh, Aaron Jones. I took Lashawn McCoy, and uh, you emphatically thumped me.
1: Yeah, you can never tell. You know, especially. Chiefs offense going up against New England it didn't turn out to be the shootout that we thought it might have turned into um, and yeah and, and Aaron Jones came out big
0: for the Packers. I think um, the just at first glance the thing about Andy's team is that all the matchups are significantly harder than Ben's you know um, there are no at the moment there's there is in his lineup one green or two green defenses against uh, you know Fitzpatrick playing against the Giants is a uh, you know a, a seventh best defense, and New England against Cincinnati is a fourth best defense. So the rest of them, they're all in the orange and the red, and um, that's no ideal.
1: Well, I think the good thing is he does have some stud players who you know you're going to start week in week out, who can come away with the points that you need. A guy like Julio Jones, tough matchup against San Francisco, but I think he's a guy you can count on to get the points and you know the, the big name players are the ones who overcome those tough defenses and are able to pull things out. It's those guys who might be mid, midway up the line who get shut down against those types of teams. I don't know, I, try, I guess I'm trying to put a bit of a positive spin in here for Andy because he's going up against the top dog but um, it is isn't looking bad if you look at the, the
0: stats. I think the first move there is probably moving Ryan Fitzpatrick into QB for the last two weeks. He's got a decent run home with uh, with the Giants and with Cincinnati in the last week. Um, whereas Kirk Cousins has a bit of a nightmare fixture with uh, the Chargers in Green Bay. Um, so unless he wants to look to the, the waiver and look at a Ryan Tannehill, look at a Jimmy Garoppolo, I think um, Fitzpatrick could be the QB to go with.
1: Yep, I think that makes sense. And I like Aaron Jones also at running back, going up against a Bears defense that's middle of the line in terms of run defense, but just gave up a decent point total to Zeke Elliott and and Dallas. And Packers, who arguably could have a a better offensive line than Dallas.
0: I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I'm not on Aaron Jones. Um, Obviously, I was wrong last week, uh, but every single boom game he's had this year, he's always had a dud week afterwards. He went from 45 to 6, from 38 to 3, from 27 to 3.8. Uh, where's he going to go? From 28 to what? Um, consistency is the thing with Aaron Jones. If you wanted two weeks in a row out of Aaron Jones, keen.
1: No, I, I mean, if you're looking at the number patterns, it, it could happen.
0: But we'll see if that prophecy comes
1: to light this week.
0: I, I think – I mean, I think – you. I think in Andy's case here, you have to play him. Um, there's not many other options there. I don't like it. I don't like the play. Um, I don't think he's going to come up big. Um, but there's not many other options. I mean, he, he could go to Adrian Peterson of Washington, you know, in love of guys being injured and having, you know, a bit of a safer thing because, you know, Mark Ingram is his other, you know, starting running back. And he's a boom or bust player, so... I think having what I hate about Jones and Ingram in the same team is that one of them's boom, one of them's bust every week. And if you can align them, that'd be brilliant, but it never ends up happening that way.
1: Yeah, the last guy I would potentially look at is Allen Robinson. He's had a great three-game run, um, so nothing you would bet against him doing well against Green Bay, but they are going out to Wisconsin for that matchup. Tough game at Lambeau Field in the cold. Um, but I think, you know, potentially, you mentioned a guy off the waivers, picking up Adrian Peterson. You chuck him in at running back instead of McCoy. And then perhaps you move Julio Jones into the wide receiver slot for Allen Robinson. And then that leaves space for Aaron Jones at your flex. That that would be my go-to starting lineup.
0: Yeah, short of him picking up someone off the waiver like a, like a Devo Samuel or a Cole Beasley to flick into that flex position as well. Um yeah, a lot to consider for, for Andy in the week ahead. I think there's probably a couple of players, um especially like M V S for Green Bay, like he should just be dropped. Like, you know, he's he's seen one target in the last six weeks. He's just taking up space. I mean thought Andy was a Pats supporter, but he's got more he's got half of Green Bay's offense on the team. Yeah, um, I think that's a good
1: call. I think he should be stacking his bench in case of a victory here against Ben. He's got to be looking ahead to the championship game just in case, and guys who he could slot into his starting lineup this week.
0: He's also a great uh, candidate to pick up Tyler Higby, bit weak at tight end. Um, he's got Jason Witten and Gasecki. Gasecki, after having a few good weeks, uh, has a terrible one. And Probably not going to be much better this week with uh, the Giants. who are actually pretty good against tight ends, so unless you're going to go against Jason Witten, uh, which is a pretty solid, you know, five to eight points usually, um, you could look to the waiver to pick up someone like Tyler Higby.
1: Well, there you go, Andy. There's our objective view of what we think you should do. But um, it's interesting matchup there for
0: Ben and Andy. It'll be fun to watch. All right, let's move on, Corb. Your own team. All right, let's do this. do you want me to run through your lineup for you? Yeah, sure. All right, so at QB, you've got Jameis Winston at wide receiver, Chris Godwin and Edelman. At running back, you've got Ezekiel Elliott and Mostert for San Francisco, Kelsey at tight end, and Robert Woods for the Rams at receiver. Uh, your kicker is Myers. Your defence is Pittsburgh. And sitting on your bench is Melvin Gordon, Adam Thielen, Jamison Crowder, Bo Scarsborough, Hollister for the Seahawks at tight end. And your now disgraced quarterback, Carson Wentz. So I think uh, you've already made some moves on your team from last week. And I think Winston, uh, if it fit, is definitely the right player quarterback. I think Wentz you could almost discard at this stage. He's just uh, too unreliable.
1: You know, he gets stuck into tough positions and the team has to make a comeback it's it's always tough to watch i always feel like he's going to put up a really low point total and then somehow he squeezes out 15 points uh, i'm looking for a guy who can give me a boom week and, and Winston hasn't been able to do that for a long time so yeah.
0: good matchup for winston chris Goldwyn, the winston goldwyn combination there minus evans like uh, you think that Goldwyn could be uh set for a big week against detroit in the dome um that's always good so he's a lock uh Edelman is probably the wide receiver. I reckon your wide receiver two spot is the one that is the most up for grabs. I think you're locking Elliott in and you're locking uh, even Mustard in there for the uh, San Francisco 49ers and Kelsey's a lock at tight end. Uh, It is your wide receiver two and flex plays that are up for grabs. And, yeah, I mean, even if Adam Thielen plays this week, Uh, It's not a great matchup against the Chargers. Marvin Gordon hasn't got a great matchup against Minnesota. Uh, You know, what are you looking for out of your WR2 and flex position? Are you looking for someone a little bit safe or a potential, you know, boom option, boom or bust option?
1: You know, I think the flex for me is the one that's most up for grabs. I really do like Edelman. You know, he's been an absolutely consistent stud for me all season. He's even played almost every week with a questionable diagnosis as to whether he'd be in, but um, he's Mr. Reliable for me, so I'll keep him in at wide receiver two, I reckon. Going up against that Cincinnati defense, which you know says they're in the red in terms of going up against wide receivers or perhaps flex or players in the, in the slot like Edelman, but um, I'll, I'll keep him there, I reckon. And Robert Woods is the one. He's a recent pickup for me. He came away with a strong point total last week. Um, a good result there at the Rams' wide receiver position. You know, if, if I had to pick another guy to sub in for him, yeah, yeah, I might put Gordon in, perhaps. But I could also look to the waivers. Um,
0: I think two players on your roster that are ready and primed for dumping to the waiver is uh, Jamison Crowder for the Jets and Bo Scarborough for Detroit. Um, Scarborough did, I think, a little bit of an injury, but also On Johnson's a chance to come back next week.
1: Oh, really? I didn't realise. He could that. be
0: potentially activated off the IR. Um, doesn't mean he'll play, but he could be get activated off the list. Uh, either way, Boris Scarlesborough hasn't been uh, overly productive in the last few weeks, and he's up against Tampa, which is pretty much the second worst uh, defence to be playing. Uh, Jameson Crowder um, hasn't really done much for the last month. Uh, two prime candidates to be dumped, and, you know, taking a risk on uh, some of these other guys here on the waiver. Um, you yeah, know some of the ones that we spoke about at wide receiver, for example, where you're probably the thinnest is uh, Debo, Cole Beasley, as two safer options, or uh, Slayton, as we've mentioned, as the boom option. Um, but yeah, look, I think your team is pretty set, and I think uh, personally, you've been uh, you've been in hot form. I think uh, you're you're the chance. I think you've got a good chance to knock off uh, Chippy if you make it through, and Chippy makes it through to the final. So. Um, Interesting times ahead for you, mate.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, we'll have to get through Mark first. You know, All right. Mark, Mark has a, a keen eye, and he's, he's been paying a lot of attention this season. Uh, I think he has a question for us that we'll be getting to eventually. Should we start with that?
0: All right, let's go into Mark. Let's, uh, let's hear what he's had to say this week. Fellas, the stress has gone. I'm feeling great. Just uh, wanted to thank you for your tips, some really good ones, and wanted to get your thoughts on next week's defense matchups. Uh, wondering if you've got anyone we can stream. And, uh, yeah, let us know who's out on the waiver wire. Thanks, guys. Woo! All right, thanks, Mark. That's, uh, that's two questions in a row uh, each week. Appreciate you contributing to the show. Um, good to see you got through last week, all right, and it was good to see that... Uh, We had, um, you know, Robbie Anderson go off for you, and that Sony Michelle didn't make it onto your starting lineup, which was good. Uh, Defenses this week. Um, So you've obviously got Minnesota, and they did all right against Detroit. They put up 13 points, and you know that consisted of five sacks and a couple interceptions. you know, I think if, you're, uh, if we're focusing on your defense first, um, that's probably the best matchup short of going. I mean, as we said on the waiver, we've got the Titans and Seattle are essentially the two options. So I think whatever you feel more comfortable with. Um, the Titans are red hot. I think they'll be a popular, popular pickup option this week, Carl.
1: Yeah, I was looking at defenses for myself also. Pittsburgh with an interesting matchup against Buffalo. Yeah, I think it's
0: going to be a make or break. So let's, uh, let's run through Mark's team here. Um, currently, uh, quarterback Russell Wilson, Calvin Ridley, who's going to have to change because he's done for the season, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, James White and Snell Jr. at running back, uh, George Kittle at tight end, Robbie Anderson for the Jets at flex. His uh, bench is made up of Josh Jacobs, Sony Michelle, DK Metcalf, Jared Cook, Carlos Hyde, and James Connor. His kicker is Elliott for the Eagles, and his defense is Minnesota, as we just discussed. Um, Calvin Ridley, obviously the first one that has to come out there, Carl.
1: Yeah, wide receiver position is wide open for Mark. And, uh, you know, I think the most obvious guy to make the replacement could be a Robbie Anderson or a DK Metcalf. Those are both guys who, you know, playing against interesting teams. I think... Robbie Anderson against Baltimore, that'll be a tough matchup for that team. Mm. The Jets are not great on offense, so they might be turning to the passing game in an attempt to make a comeback or cover some ground and score quick points. But um, DK Metcalf, also
0: a decent option at wide receiver. I, uh, I know that Mark just asked us about defense, but I don't think defense is his biggest issue this, this week. I think Mark's biggest issue is actually quarterback. Russell Wilson what what do you what do you do about Russell Wilson he's uh you know his past month has been underwhelming um since the buy in round 11 he's come back with 10.5 17.9 and 11.6 and he's about to go up against uh one of the tougher defenses in Carolina um what do you do Cor? are we keeping uh Russell in that spot or are we looking to the waiver for somebody else I don't think it would be a bad idea
1: to go back to the wire. Uh, We've got two strong options in Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill with good matchups going into this week. That would be really strong plays. Uh, I don't think that would be a bad option at all. I mean Russell, we know he is a stud, he has put up the point totals so far this season, but he's got a tough matchup against Carolina who has a decent pass defense. I don't know, it's a tough bet to be honest. Um, and for us, coming from an objective opinion, you know, I'm sure Mark has a bit of an attachment to Russ Wilson. who's done some good things for him this season. I mean, he's an MVP candidate earlier in the season. Right. So, I mean, for us, on paper, we'd love to see a guy like a Tannehill or a Garoppolo step in and do good things for you, Mark. But um, Russ Wilson would be a hard guy to put on the bench, too. Uh, he's one of those top five QBs on the year.
0: Yeah, like benching an Aaron Rodgers top, I would have thought. Um, something to consider there for Mark um, Devontae Adams. You would lock in there at wide receiver. Uh, James White, I think, is also a lock against Cincinnati at running back. Um, obviously, is that dual threat with the pass catching ability out of the backfield as well. And um, had you know pretty modest week with only ten points against uh, KC. Monster Week, the week before, but I think he's the better of the two backs uh, in terms of fantasy at the Pats. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I would agree. I think we
1: made the right call. You know, surprisingly though, Yahoo's given a higher projected point total to Sonny Michel in this one. Um, That wasn't the case last week, and overall in the season, I'd I'd say James White's been the better option. Um, Brad Snell Jr. at running back is another interesting pick. You know those forecasted point totals don't always tell the truth, but he's definitely up for a swap. I would reckon it's a tough break that Josh Jacobs on his bench has had some late season injuries. Um, he he would be the obvious guy to put in in my eyes, but if you had to pick Joel, who what would you do? Would you would you leave him in or would you go to the wire?
0: Snow has got to go. There is no chance that he should be playing this week. This uh, performance that he put up on the weekend against uh, Arizona, which is like a good defense to be playing if you're a running back with two points, was always going to be within his range of of outcomes. And I don't think it gets really any better against Buffalo. Buffalo, really solid defense in general, mid-range for running backs. Um, Yeah, he's got a bit of a hole there, you know. James Conner... you know, Slater return in week fifteen, who knows? Maybe. Are you gonna be playing Connor? You know, in his place. Connor has been not consistent at all, but like Mike you know but Mark, you know, hasn't got a lot of options here. I mean, you don't wanna be playing Sony Michelle and James White, I would have thought. Carlos Hyde doesn't seem to be an overly viable option to give you a decent score. He's been unlucky with Josh Jacobs. For Oakland being injured, um, he is a very good chance to miss this week as well. <sighs> he looked. Uh, he just needs a running back, really. Um, you know, we were talking about quarterback being a, a pressing issue for him. Running back also pressing. Wide receiver pressing with Ridley out as well. Um, it's a big week for Mark. I think like Adrian Peterson would be the pickup for him. Yeah, you, know, you can get double digits out of a running back and. You know your flex and wide receiver positions. Are, there's a few more options there. I think you're right, DK. You know, has been getting his. He's a bit better in full point PPR. Um, he's not as strong in half point. But I mean, short of looking to again the waiver for some better wide receiver options, um, he's in a bit of a hard place. He's going to be uh, needing a lot off the waiver to happen this week, Mark.
1: Well, that looks good for me, of course, in my matchup against Mark. But, you know, one last-second throw-in I might toss up there is what if he did a double tight end start? Mm. So if Cook comes away after that injury um, as the clear starter in New Orleans, he's been a pretty consistent option. And George Kittle, also a really solid tight end. Those are two of your top tight end options in the league. If, if there's none of these guys you can be confident in, I might even look at going at, at the two tight end starting lineup. Look, I don't
0: hate it. I don't hate it at all, especially if Cook is good to go after the uh, concussion incident. Um, but I think that's not really the. Pr- I, don't, I think that's like it's an option, but I don't think it's the problem. I think the problem is finding two running backs to start for Mark. Um, and you know, there are, there are good receiver options with you know Anderson and Metcalf and guys off the wire. And if he doesn't get the guys off the wire, then I think the two tight end start is. Um, you know, a viable option for him. Yeah, we'll have to see. Well, look, I think that, uh, that just about wraps us up for our matchup analysis. It's, uh, it's been a long episode, but obviously we've got playoffs this week and it's, uh, it's really important for these guys to get the best analysis. Um, so thanks, Mark, for sending in your question about this week. We wish all of our four owners this week luck in the first round of the playoffs. We haven't even spoken about the consolation pass, but they don't really matter, do they, Carl? No, not at all. That's it. So, you know, if you do have questions, send them through. The uh, website is anchor.fm forward slash ladsfantasy. General questions, team structure questions, sit-start questions. We've delved into this week. But until next week, be bold. Be strong. And most importantly, be football.